Welcome, Devil fans, to the trap. I'm your host, Bill Bach. It is Wednesday, March 15th. Devils lose an ugly one to the Tampa Bay Lightning in a snowy Newark last night. How's everybody doing today? Tump day. So yeah, so um, Devils had a rough one last night, and um, it was a shame. I brought my uh, I brought my wife up to the game. We actually it was a snowy it was snowed for the first time. We kind of had a mild uh, winter, but yesterday we kind of got a little glimpse of reality. We're not quite out of winter yet, and uh, it was. It was not the. It was windy, snowy, and it was an ugly night for sure. We ended up going to this place that I've never been to before called Ellie's, which I can't believe I never knew about it. It's outside of the. We park um, across from the practice rink, and it's right on Green Street next to. Um, there's like a law office there. It's right in the parking lot. I can't believe I've never noticed it, but it was cool. They had a they had a good crowd in there, and you were able to get a beer and get some pretty decent food. I typically go to American Whiskey. It's just very busy, especially when now the Devils are pretty good. We're having some pretty legit turnouts, so it's making it a little bit harder to uh, grab food sometimes or we you know maneuver your way through that place. I was surprised by the turnout last night. I think it was like ninety five percent. So there was the attendance was uh, 15,622. But there was not much energy in the rock last night. I don't know if people were on a little bit of a hangover from uh, from the game Sunday. But I'm just saying it was a busy it was a very it was a very um, people put a lot of heart and effort into their uh, into being a fan on, on Sunday night. So. The Devils, uh, the Devils end up coming out, and they actually play a really good first period. Andre Palat is playing against his former team, and um, it was his first game back against them. And if you guys watch those playoff runs that the Lightning had, you know that Andre Palat was an extremely important part of those cup wins. Very, very clutch goal scorer. Um, I don't think that I don't think that Tampa wins those cups without a plot. Just super respected, very quiet, leader by example. All the reasons that the Devils went out and got him. Um and I think we might have we might have overpaid for him, but we we overpaid for him because he was going to bring that you know, he has the experience of what it takes to be a champion. Most expensive piece of ass I ever had. But it's worth it. And you could tell that he has helped these kids grow and learn how to prepare and learn how to move on and stop the bleeding when we start losing. You know, we would go on these like 10 game losing streaks and that hasn't happened. This is, we've been a team that has been very resilient. We drop one. And we get right back after it, and we end up winning the next game. 
So Palak got to face his former team uh, team last night. And let's be real, it was that third line that was our best line for the night. Now, we the Devils got off to a great first period. I thought that we were in control of the game. We definitely outshot them. According to Money Puck, at one point, we had a 69.85% chance of winning the game about with about five minutes left in the first period. So obviously the Devils scored a really beautiful goal where they had the Jack, Timo, Brat line back together and they were moving the puck really, really well in the offensive zone, cycling. Those guys are impossible to get a hold of when they are when they have the puck on their stick in open space. And um, they were able to move the puck around and find Severson on the back door with a really who's able to finish. It was a really beautiful play. And it looked like we had a lot of things going our way. Dougie Hamilton came down the wing and joined the rush and hit one flush right off the post. Um, uh, Boquist hit a post. We hit three posts, two in the first period. And, um, and then obviously Graves scores and Tampa takes their time looking at the play. They end up challenging it. And, I mean, NHL, like, tell me. What's wrong with you people? Like, make up your mind. You guys have no idea what goalie interference is. Tatar was clearly pushed into Vasilevsky. He had a, he had, I forget who it was that was on on his back, but he was driving him to the net, almost as if like the defenseman was a power forward driving to the net and Tatar was a defenseman trying to prevent him from going to the front of the net. You really, you, you gotta, you gotta make up your mind. Like, what the hell is wrong with you people? You can't, there, there's just too many overturned goals. Like, and for it to be called a goal on the ice, and then you would think that you would need substantial evidence to overturn that. So it goes from being 2 nothing with a potential power play to one to nothing. It could have been easily have been 4 nothing without those posts. And then, of course, the Lightning score on a shorthanded goal. And it was just, you, you just kind of, you knew, you said, oh, geez, like, I just, this is one of those games where you could have put the team away early, you let them hang around, and this is just way too good of a team to let hang around. Way too good of a team. Nobody wants to play Tampa at the end of March as they're fighting for a playoff spot getting ready getting ready for the playoffs this is a well-oiled machine these guys have done this time in and time out this is a very well-coached team this is a team filled with professionals that have handled themselves in much t- tougher situations than this for us to play them 3 times in 6 days like, I don't know if the guy who scheduled the NHL games, like, fell asleep at the wheel or what, but it's like, tell me where the reasoning and the logic is behind this. And I'm not I'm not making excuses, because if the Devils are good, you're going to have to play good teams anyway. So, 
it is what it is. But I don't understand how this makes any sense. We're going to have the Devils in Tampa play three times in six days. It's almost like you're playing a playoff series against a team that's won two Stanley Cups and gone to a, a Stanley Cup final three times in the last five years. Whatever. I don't like that kind of talk. But it is what it is. So, after we had this great first period, the Devils came out, and literally, they gave the game away. They looked very sloppy. They looked uninterested. Vitek Vanacek did not look good. He was... I'm sure he had to be disappointed in his game. But Dougie Hamilton had a poor game. Um, The Hughes line really fell off a bit after that first period. And, I mean, Ryan Graves, Marino, nobody really played well. And it looked like they played a little, some uninspired hockey, let's be real. It's going to happen. The key is that you have a chance to redeem yourself two days later, and you have to get back after it. Now, the third line actually played good. The third line, all of their underlining, all of their underlining stats were very well, or looked very good. And um, it was Jesper Boquist that led the team in expected goals. And uh, if you go through by line, let's check it out. Expected goals for Palat Hall of Boquist, 0.78. By far the highest on the team, followed by Brat Hughes and Meyer at 0.678. The next closest was the Heischer line, 0.159. So you only had two lines going. Um, Miles Wood got injured during the game. We're already missing Nate Bastian with an upper body injury. This gave Curtis Lazar an opportunity to get his first game as a devil who looked pretty good. He looked exactly like I expected him to look. He played uh, very physical. He doesn't look like an unskilled player to where he can handle the puck. He definitely skated with the puck a little bit and dumped it in and went after it and played a a heavy game. And he looks like somebody you're going to – potentially used in the playoffs. Now, the Devils ended up losing Wood during the game, and you're going to have to wonder, what are they going to run out tomorrow if Bastion or Wood can't play? And a lot of people think, well, you're going to play Sharon Govich, right? Because, you know, he's been a healthy scratch, and that's your that would be the guy that you would play. And, I mean, is... Igor Sharon Govich really a fourth line player? And by fourth line player, it's like, yes, he has more skill than a fourth line player. There's no doubt about that. But you have to understand the way that the Devils use their fourth line. They use it as a four checking line, they use it as a heavy line, a, a line that plays with some speed and that can get pucks below the goal line and try to hem teams in their own zone, block a lot of shots, and play a little heavy. That's not his game. Sharon Govich's game is finding open ice and using his shot. He can play on the penalty kill, but he's not very speedy. He does not play heavy. Um, 
so, well, what, what, who would you play then? I don't think this is a position to throw Graham Clark in. Uh, Tice Thompson would be my choice, typically, although he hasn't really done anything. So it's tough. I mean, I guess you are stuck with Sharon Govich. I just don't think it's going to put him in a position to where he's really going to look good or succeed or gain anything out of it. The one thing you will gain out of it is he's obviously going to be extremely motivated to stay in the lineup when he comes back. So I'm assuming that he's going to play hard and skate hard. And if you limit their ice time, I don't think you can get hurt too bad. But let's be real. It is a game where... You, you're going to need contributions from everybody when you're playing a team as good as Tampa. So last night, after the second period, the Devils really didn't do anything. Vanacek, he really had a tough time. Um, and Vasilevsky looked really good. So Vanacek let up four goals on 30 shots. Save percentage was 8-6-7. Um, he did not have a strong game. And if there's one thing that I would criticize Lindy Ruff about a little bit, it would be the goalie management. I, I think I'd be playing Schmid a little bit more. I would have played Schmid last night, and then I probably would have played him, depending on the way he played again tonight. Um, and given Vanacek a couple nights off, kind of lighten his workload a bit. This is obviously the most games he's ever played in his career. He looks like he's kind of breaking down a bit. He hasn't strung together two very strong games in a while. And then give him an opportunity on Saturday versus Florida. But the Devils have a real goalie situation going on right now. Mackenzie Blackwood is back at practice and skating with the team, and he's going to be ready to play. And, I mean, who are we kidding? You could see this coming from a mile away. They're going to send Schmidt down. I personally feel most comfortable with Schmidt in that right now. I'm not saying that he's a better goalie than Vanacek. I just think that he looks like he can't be rattled right now, and he looks like he's playing really well right now. I think he gives us the best chance to win. I, had, I really don't have any faith in Mackenzie Blackwood to come in off of an injury versus Florida or Tampa and look really sharp. That's hard to do if you were anybody. And let's be real, like Mackenzie Blackwood has had a very, very rough time tracking pucks and fighting pucks off for years now. Although this year, I will give it to him, he has played pretty good. Like, he's looked good. The problem is, he's injured all the time. And when you come back from injury, it affords you a couple games to look a little rusty. And we can't afford to look rusty right now because we're down the stretch trying to win in the, the division. I'm not willing to forfeit any games to get Mackenzie Blackwood some reps. And I think the Devils are going to do that because they, they're not going to send him down and they can send Schmid down. But you just because you're a young team and you have, you know, a giant window opening for the future, 
that doesn't mean that you're going to be this good next year. That doesn't mean that you are going to be in a position to win your division next year. If you are the third best team in the entire NHL, or second best team in the entire NHL, what are we now? We're the third best team record-wise. We have the third best record in the NHL. It's like you have to try to win the Stanley Cup. And if that means turning your back on your what you thought was going to be your franchise goaltender, if you don't plan on signing him anyway, which I think the Devils obviously were really wanted to get a look at Blackwood to see if he was durable enough to last an entire season on top of what his game looked like. And he's clearly, he's been injured over and over and over. Schmid deserves the net. He's earned it. And he's handled himself like a real pro. And he looks good doing it. He looks extremely confident. He does not look overwhelmed. It would be a shame to see him in Utica. Just in my opinion. Who is your daddy and what does he do? That has nothing to do with this. But... The Devils ended up um, Hamilton, Graves. It was it was ugly. It got ugly, and um, and to be honest with you, the Lightning just kind of started finishing on their chances, and that is way too good of a team to allow um, to get a multi goal goal lead versus you. And they didn't. They smothered. The, they smothered the Devils. The Devils really weren't able to get through the neutral zone. They played very tight defensively. They, you know, it was they mucked things up big time. They slowed us down big time. And you look at, like, where Tampa Bay scoring chances were from, and you look at the heat maps, they didn't have a ton of great scoring chances. They had a couple, you know, they had a couple rebounds. But for the most part, like, it was not a very tough game. Vanacek had to, had to play better. The whole team had to play better. It was not Vanacek's fault, but you can't. your goalie can't not play well, and then your defense can't not play well, and your forwards can't turn the puck over. So um, the deserved win meter had us at 61%, but let's be real. After we were down by two goals and it was 3-1, to one, I pretty much knew it was over. This is one of the very few games that – I left with quite a bit of time left in. You just saw where this was going. They had nothing going on. The team looked very uninspired, which you have not really seen this year. Even when they've lost, they've really battled it out till the the very end of a game. And um, it just, they didn't have it. Now what's great is you get to go and you get to you get back at this team on uh, on Thursday tomorrow night, and you get you get a chance to redeem yourself. Timo Meyer has had himself some good, some really good play as of late, and he, he you know he just doesn't really have the results that Devils fans are looking for, but don't get it twisted. He is driving play for us. He's been one of our best players. Yes, he's taken some penalties. No doubt about that. 
But since the Devils have traded for Timo Meyer, James Nichols reports he has 20 shots first on the team. He's got 13 hits second on the team, which he barreled. Who is that, Chernak last night? I mean, he ran him the fuck over. Ran him over. So he's second on the team in hits. He's second on the team in tech, uh, takeaways. Rebounds created first on the team. Rush attempts second on the team. Chances for percentage sixth. Expected goals four fifth. High danger scoring chances four third. Timo Meyer is going to, they're going to start going in in bunches for him. I am not worried about him at all. Not at all. There was a report out today from Chris Johnston that is reporting that Timo Meyer is looking for eight uh, an eight-year deal at $9 million per year. It's exactly what I expected him to want. I said if you can get him less than nine, somewhere in the eights, you win. But he deserves nine. And Gary Bettman is saying that the salary cap could be going up more than a million dollars just next year. The salary cap is going to increase significantly over the next five years. So what a $9 million looks like now, contract looks like now would be the equivalent to like what an $8 million contract would look like five years from now, roughly. I really don't have any, I mean, you already moved the pieces. I have no problem with the devil signing Meyer to an eight-year, $9 million average deal. What you could do is, if you really want to stay, if Fitzgerald really is trying to stay at that eight, eight mil a year mark, the Jack Hughes number, you could pay him his qualifying, his qualifying offer next year and pay him $10 million next year and then go down to $8 million for the next couple years. Would it be less money? Yeah, but you pay him more up front. The qualifying offer is a chip that Meyer holds in his pocket. Pay him that money, make him happy, and then sign him to a long-term contract. Whether you take it, I don't know. But he's going to get 8 to $9 million. And like I said, anything under 9 is a win. And he deserves it. I think he's going to... I think he's going to really come on. The Devils just have so many games coming up. I think he's really going to turn it on the next. And and by turn it on, I just mean finish. That's all I mean. The guy's playing really well. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I just told you his underlying numbers. He's going to be he he's going to start putting them in and I think it's going to they're just going to start coming. It's got the floodgates are going to open. Um so I did see that the Devils were wearing green pants in practice today, which is kind of cool. I like when they do stuff like that for St. Patty's Day. They usually wear the the old school retro jerseys. Um, I'll be at the game tomorrow. They're going to have to play better. And I'm really nervous about what they're going to do with Blackwood and Schmid. I really have taken a liking to Schmid, and I think he deserves... I think he deserves the crease. Unfortunately, last night, the Hurricanes won. 
They beat Winnipeg, who seems to be free-falling. Um, so they've, ex- you know, they've extended that gap, so we're no longer in first place, obviously. So they And they still have a game on us. So it's 96 points to 94 points. And we have played 67 games. Carolina has played 66. We have the Rangers are behind us in the Metro in third place with 86 points. So we have eight points on them. And then you have Pittsburgh at 78 points, which Pittsburgh and the Rangers play play each other a couple times this week. And then you have the Islanders at 76 points, but have played 69 games. The Islanders, man, are... You know, they were talking about it on NHL radio today, man. The Islanders are boring. What a boring team. How does that happen? Is that just, like, Lou, like, trying to go out and get the most, like, professionals that you can get? It's like, I get it. These guys have experience, but damn. Can't imagine watching that every night. We're very, we're very spoiled. The Devils are really such a fun team to watch. Yeah, so tomorrow night, Pittsburgh at New York, huge game. We got Tampa at Jersey. And uh, no Carolina. Carolina plays Friday at Toronto. Oof, that's going to be a tough one. We could We could gain one there for sure. Then you go to Saturday. We play Florida, which will be a tough game. Um, and you have Pittsburgh at the Rangers again. Sunday, you play in Tampa. And then let's look at this Carolina schedule. So then Tuesday, Carolina plays at New York. Man, Carolina's. Their schedule's tough, man. But we have to win these games. And I think that we're better we're better than what we showed last night. And Nico even came out and said, you know, our bench was not alive. Our play was not alive. They were much too sloppy with the puck. They turned the puck over a lot. Our goaltending wasn't good. They deserve they deserve a pass for sure. But you don't want this to turn into uh, a streak. We haven't really lost more than two games in a row. So let's let's nip this in the ass. Come back at home, in front of your fan base, and play a strong game tomorrow. And hopefully you get Bastion or Wood back, so you don't have that real big question mark on the fourth line for somebody who really just doesn't fit in with what you're trying to do. And um, and maybe we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see what the lines look like, and then we'll see what the goaltending situation looks like, because this could get really strange. There's gonna be somebody's gonna be pissed. No, either way around it, whether you think Blackwood deserves a shot or whether you think it's bad player management by sending, by you know, releasing Blackwood and not getting anything or or whatever. There's gonna be be people that aren't happy for sure. But in the meantime. We can uh, we can wait it out. 
and we'll see what happens tomorrow night. My name is Bill Botch. You're listening to the Trap Podcast. Let's go Devils. Yes, sir, two for the show. A couple of years ago, I'm headlin' and the low. What's the starter? Something good. With me and my nigga rolled the martyr through the hood. Just trying to find that hookup. Now every day we looked up at the ceiling. Watching ceiling fans go round, trying to catch that feeling off instrumental. Had my pencil and plus my paper. We caught the 86 lot on your head at two decades. Writing rhymes, trying to find our spot off in that light. Light off in that spot. Knowing that we can rock, doing a hole in the wall club. This shit here must stop. Like freeze, we making the crowd move, but we not making no G's and that's a no no. A one, two, dope niggas in the Cadillac, they call us what the plague is about. Balls putting the up on the map. It's like little rock to banging. Niggas say, motherfuck, that plaguing. They paying. We staying, laying vocals, locales done. Made it with them big boys up in this industry, outcast. Yeah, them niggas, they making big noise over a million sold to this day. Niggas, they take it like they 96. Gonna be that, yeah, that out. Y'all plaguers, hit us, bite me. Slamming Cadillac Jones